What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Project Linus podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Dr. Mel. And today I am so excited to welcome our very special guest, Nicole. And I'm going to, I'm going to share briefly about her. I'm going to share, you know, the traditional bio that everyone gives and a deeper reason why I invited her on this show. So to introduce Nicole, she is the creator of Surgeon Spark which helps companies and visionaries implement the changes they want to see within their business. And with over 15 years of experience in corporate America, which is quite a bit, we're going to get into that whole paradigm in this episode, Nicole brings her expertise in implementation, process and systems, changes, and customer client engagement and service to small business and businesses with a side of empathy and understanding and real life. More importantly, why I brought on Nicole to be on this episode is she's not only a Project Lioness cohort graduate, so she's a fellow Lioness graduate, but she also has attended our Inspire Immersions and really just shown up as a human being on the planet. She also has a very powerful healing story, and I'm really excited to have her on to talk about what it looks like to go from climbing this corporate ladder and perhaps suppressing parts of ourselves in that journey when we're on this climbing the mountain of success and what that can look like to start to shift and pivot and actually listen to your values and choose to go on a different trajectory. So she's going to share the ins and outs of her healing journey. And I'm just so excited. She's also a mom and she's a partner and she's an advocate for health and authentic living. So thank you, Nicole, for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and share my story. Yeah. Where are you tuning in from? New Jersey. New Jersey, East Coast. East Coast. It's cold like Minnesota though right now. I bet you, I feel like you guys probably have more snow than us. This year, yeah. Typically where I am, we don't get a ton of snow. So it's been kind of exciting, especially because I have my two-year-old who loves playing it and he got to see his first real snowfall this year. So I love that. You know, that's another reason why I was inspired to, to bring you on is because you are a mom and you have a kiddo. And I think when it comes to our career and our vocation and finding something that inspires us, when you have children in the mix, it can be sometimes a a gift and a challenge simultaneously to (laughs) be able to put yourself first. And I know we'll get into this later and perhaps overriding like sometimes what mom guilt shows up and all those things. But Nicole, you know, this is meant to be a conversation about you and your journey. So when it comes to your personal healing journey, maybe we we start there because I think from what you've shared with me and what I know to be true about you, a lot of your personal choices and healing has also transpired into the choices you've made in your career and your vocation. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, that's definitely the story. Having Carmine changed my whole world. It rocked my world in the best way possible. Mm. Well, maybe take us back, you know, whether it was having Carmine or even before that, what, what was kind of your journey when it comes to taking control of your health and your life again. And you could go all the way back to the to birth or wherever you want to start so the listeners can really get a sense of like your journey and see themselves in that journey. I feel like it really started probably about 10 years ago. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and celiac and I was given a choice of either you just deal with it or you can take traditional medication for it and at the time Justin and I had just started dating and I had started the traditional medication. So Justin walked in when I walked into my life when I was doing injections to myself. And then he stayed when 
they started to do low dose chemo for the RA. And I had a really severe allergic reaction to it. And they told me it was just anxiety the first time. And then it happened a second time. And I came home that day and I said, I'm done. I'm going to find an alternate route. Um, At the same time, almost to the day I was going through family stuff. So that also propelled me. My little brother has leukemia. So that kind of just changed the trajectory of everything. And then I got into more of like the holistic side and healing naturally and understanding and learning my body. And during that process, I also discovered that I actually didn't have RA. I had Lyme disease all along. But the, yeah, but the tests weren't showing everything. So I ended up treating something that I didn't end up having. So then I ended up treating the Lyme holistically because medication didn't work for me. And then once it healed, I decided that I wanted to have Carmine because I was healthy enough. I wanted to get pregnant. We were at a good point in our lives. And then the day he was born, everything changed in the most amazing way. That's when I became a mom and really accepted the fact that I no longer wanted to be part of corporate America that it was just too much for me. And the value I had for my family was everything. Mm. So then I started down the path of finding you. (laughs) (laughs) There's like 10 stories within a story, right? Let me just like put a pin in that for a second. Um, I, I did not realize that you were even going through chemo, first of all. Um, and I'm sure people who have gone through certain paradigms of healing have dealt with the frustration of being given maybe a solution that actually isn't the true solution. So in that time, if we were to go back, if you don't mind me asking like specifics, when you were dealing with some of those health, you said it was about 10 years ago? Yeah, about 10 years ago. You were still in corporate America? Yeah. Yeah. And what did you notice like as your body was doing these things? what, What were you noticing like at work if you remember any of that? I was gaining a ton of weight from all the medication. I was foggy. Like my brain was foggy all the time. I was tired. And I look back now and I don't really know how I pushed through it all. (laughs) Like now I would know better and I'd be like, okay, Nicole, your body needs to rest. But then it was just like, all right, just keep trucking because that's what, that's what as a woman and an employee, that's what's expected out of us. Mm. I want to, I want to like go deeper into that with you. Cause I know this is a really important thing that you have a lot of wisdom to share and then we'll get back to like part two yeah. of your healing. But what, what was that like? If you were to share with the audience, like, you know, cause I, I, I'm married to someone who is in corporate America, right? He's an engineer. You've met Ben. I have only worked in, I wouldn't even call it corporate America, but been an employee up until chiropractic school. And then I opened and have been an entrepreneur since for the last seven years. So, and I'm not naive to like the dynamics of corporate America, right? I have a lot of clients who make that transition, but what was it, what was it like to like from a body, mind, soul perspective, what was it like to feel like you just had to push through and, and not listen and kind of like take on more of that? I don't want to say toxic masculine, but maybe there's some of that. Like, what was that? What was that like for you? It made me numb, really numb. And it made it really hard in the beginning of Justin and I's relationship because I was like a bull in a china shop. I was like, screw you. I'll get it done without you. I don't need you because I was so used to. And I fortunately and unfortunately worked in male predominant industries. I've never worked in like more of an industry where it's female predominant. I was in transportation and logistics and waste and recycling. So it was mostly males I was working with. So there was no chance to be weak ever. Mm. And then you try to bring in a relationship into that. And it's just like, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just, I'm just like, because I've learned so much more about you and I'm just imagining like, yeah, when you're so used to operating in one way, which, you know, sometimes is a form of a trauma response or just, uh, you know, pair of sunglasses or glasses that we have to put on to just get through the day, how that can then transpire into our relationships, right? And I really resonate with your story because I feel like when Ben and I first started 
dating 10 years ago, it was it was somewhat similar in the sense that there was no access to more of a, a feminine way of being because I was so conditioned to just one model that is very accepted in the culture, right? It's, it's, I was just talking to another client, another practice member in the office actually. So I'm glad we're talking about this, but she was like, you know, we get rewarded as a woman for like acting like we have a dick. And I'm just going to say that. And I'm just going to be real about it. Like we get rewarded for building things as though we are small men. And the truth is, and you know, I've talked about this in courses, like however you identify, the truth is we're not. And there's power in that. So as you were going through this, like, what did you, what did you, what else? You said you were numb, which I can imagine showed up in symptomatology, but how else did that show up in, in different ways in like your relationship or other parts of your life? I became addicted to the gym because I didn't have any other outlet besides, because Justin came in in the beginning but he wasn't there for like the diagnosis and that type of thing. And Mm -hmm. my parents at the time were were dealing with my brother's diagnosis. So it was kind of just like, all right, well, you're not quote unquote dying of cancer currently. So we can't really be not bothered, but we have to focus on your brother more. And I just kind of coped with it by saying, screw it. I'll just go to the gym. And I was weeks away from a, bikini competition but then the medications all kicked in and my body was just like yeah no sorry rejection Mm. so it was a lot of change at once and a lot of trying to find the balance and it landed me in therapy because I didn't know how else to cope with it anymore right which wasn't necessarily a bad thing it just wasn't at the time probably wasn't what I really needed totally And I'm glad that you said that. And thank you for being open about your journey, because I think so often it can be easy to be like, oh, I wish it would have been different or, you know, this is right, wrong, good, bad. But you and I both know like every moment of life, as challenging as it can be, can have its gifts and wisdom and really send us on a trajectory. So when you go, when you look at the moment, what was the moment for you? You said like, I, I, you got home and you're like, enough is enough. I'm done. Um, was there any like specific moment you had where you're just like, I'm, I'm over this, like going from choosing this way of operating, choosing these doctors potentially to, and I'm curious the alternative path you took. I have a sense of that, but I'm curious if it, if it's important to you to share, like what were some of the things that you started to take on from a more holistic perspective to start to, I know you have gifts, but sort of yeah. tap into that beyond just ha- living into a label. It took a few years, honestly. Like I kind of just quit the medication route and was trying really hard to figure out what was next. And I went through a job change in the process. I quit my job, got a new corporate job. And in that process, started working my way up the corporate ladder. And it was during that point, I was like, okay, something's got to give. I'm not taking care of myself. Um, To be totally honest, Justin threatened to leave because I was just a lunatic. Like now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was a crazy person. What did I think going to work at 530 in the morning, getting home at eight o'clock at night, cooking, trying to keep a house? Like what, what made me think that that was okay then? Probably a learned response from childhood, but. (laughs) (laughs) now that I thought it was a hundred percent a learned response I watched my parents own a business and push themselves and probably in the most unhealthy ways and it wasn't until that point I was like wow something's got to change so we went the route I'm lucky because my aunt is actually into like functional medicine Mm. and she works for a really well-known vitamin company and she got me in with the my functional medicine doctor mm. who finally went through and ran. I mean, it had to be like 60 tubes of blood. I just sat there wow. that day. And was like, I might die. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> and we got all the test results back. And my she was like, Nicole, you don't have RA. You have inflammation. She's like, but not the RA factor wasn't there. And then that's like probably my breaking point was in that moment. I was like, what? And I just remember sitting there going, I don't understand what's what's happening. And then that led me down the path of just research after research. Um, she ran more tests and she was like, you 
had Lyme, you have Lyme disease Mm. and you've probably had it your whole life. And my mom, I do remember when I was three, I woke up limping, my mom says, and she took me to doctor to doctor. And then it happened again, probably when I was about 15, 16, maybe a little bit younger. It was like during those puberty years where people brush you off as growing pains. Totally. And my mom took me probably to six doctors that I can remember. And they were all like, oh, no, it's growing pains. I ended up having a knee surgery that probably wasn't actually necessary at 16 wow. years old. So like wild, like weird things that now I look back on and I'm like, well, my mom did the best she could with the information she had. Right. There's nothing she could have done because who knew? The internet really wasn't a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we ended up. I ended up seeing a function, another functional medicine doctor who treated my Lyme with ozone and colloidal silver and a bunch of herbs and knock on wood. I've been clear now for four years. Wow. And if I start to feel a tinge of it, I just start taking herbs again, like a crazy person. (laughs) Well, crazy is a perception, right? You and I both know that. (laughs) You know, it's interesting hearing and, and I know your story from certain perspectives and levels. And I am really in a place of gratitude and acknowledgement of you for sharing even more of the depths, even down to when you were, when you were a teenager and something that I want to reflect to you is even in these moments that you could have given up, you could have accepted the label, the diagnosis, or this is just how it is, or I just have to work this shitty job and be exhausted. And this is my life. There there were these wake up moments for you that I I really want the listeners to get in your story is you don't have to accept that as common as it is. And as unfortunately normal as we've made it, you know, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal, but we've also made things we've normalized like, well, that's just the way it is. Nicole, like a lot of people struggle with Lyme their entire life. Like I don't know. I, I hope you get this, and I know you haven't shared your story a ton with the public, right? Is that accurate? So this yeah. is like, here we go. We're breaking open <laughs> the cocoon. Um, I'm happy to be your doula in that. But something to highlight here is your willingness to not give up and your willingness to not settle, knowing that you were destined and made for more. And even all the way back to when you were a child, and I know you've dealt with family loss and and all of these things over the last 10 years too. And so I'm I'm just having a moment of like, damn, like you you didn't fucking give up. And it's it's really inspiring and it's really empowering. And I think as much as sometimes we can feel a certain way about the masculine energy, we can have a healthy relationship with it, right? To, to like have that courage, right? To have that lioness energy of like, no, I'm, I'm standing up for myself. I get to live a different life and it doesn't have to be this fucking hard. So I don't know if there's anything there more that you want to expand upon, but. Yeah. It's just that every time they tell you, you can't, it's bullshit. You can (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes you just have to find your own way to do it. And it doesn't have to be the way I did it or somebody else did it. It's everybody has to do it their own way. And, right. but it's also helpful to hear other people's stories. And I yeah. think that a lot of times, like as a person who has had and has Lyme disease, it's not something that's talked about. It's no. kind of just shoved under a rug. And I feel like that with most medical issues that females go through you shove your medical issues under the rug to protect other people. Yep. And it just, it's that way because of the masculine energy. And I would or imagine if you opening the feminine side, you're kind of just like, wow, I have more compassion for somebody because they're going through X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And you are such an embodiment of what's possible on the other side of that, right? Versus staying, staying in the like, well, this is how it has to be. You're such an embodiment of like, hey, I get you. I understand. And can I offer you a different perspective? Like that's huge to have the optionality versus I think people, if they don't hear these stories of what's possible, they can feel stuck. They can feel trapped. And it's so vital that we hear these stories. And I'm I'm curious if you noticed something that I was going to mention was, and, and to expand upon what you were saying when it comes to kind of suppressing things that we're dealing with 
especially as, as people who identify as women here on this podcast, even our menstrual cycles, right? Or like you said, I'm sure dealing with symptoms, but you got to show up and you got to like push through the day and you got to like answer your emails and put on a face. And, you know, that's, that's its own old model of like, that's what success or that's how you get by, or that's how you get by in like a, a male dominated world. And I'm sure that suppression and repression probably caused and wreaked different levels of havoc for you. So being able to be like, you know what, I'm going to actually start to listen here because if I don't, what's the alternative? We just retire and feel like shit. I mean, like, no, thank you. Right. Like, no, thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was sitting in my functional medicine doctor's office and she looked at me and it was one of my, one of the first few visits. And she said, Nicole, I suggest you quit your corporate job. And I looked at her and I was like, holy shit, I can't do that. I just bought a house. Like (laughs) not nice things in life. And I have like a standard of living, like, and all these things flew through my head in that moment. And I remember leaving and I got home and I looked at Justin and I was like, she wants me to quit my job. And at the time, I just thought it was so absurd. And then Carmen came into the world and I'm like, oh, she wanted me to quit my job. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it just like, took having a kid to be like, oh, okay, like, got it. Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about that because, okay, this is great. This is like real shit, right? This is like real stuff that comes up. And I have these conversations with my clients a lot too. I'm like, I think your job is actually the main source of your stress. And yeah. I'm saying that from a perspective of I'm an entrepreneur. I've built multiple businesses that are successful. And how do you and how have you navigated this transition of like, oh, shit, I have a standard. I'm making income. And I also recognize this job is not fulfilling me. And it's actually diminishing one of my greatest assets, which is your health, right? So how did you tell us about like, that shift. Cause that's a big leap. And I've seen people do it successfully, but they're like, cause I believe everyone's resourceful. Like if you choose to be in alignment with your values, the resources show up. And I know that oh. sounds scary and quitting your job is like, but what about money? What about paying gro- for groceries and bills? So tell us like how that journey has been for you. Yeah. The first year after, so Carmen was 11 months old when I walked into my boss's office who I adore to this day, her and I still have a relationship. I adored her. And I remember just breaking down crying and saying, I have to put my two weeks notice in. This just isn't working for me anymore. And she was shocked and she really didn't accept it until the day of my, like my final day. Right. And she didn't tell anybody in the company. So people didn't even know I left. And days later, I started getting text messages and phone calls going, Nicole, what do you mean you quit? Mm. And I was just like, well, I needed to be home with Carmine. And that first year, I jumped jobs. Like I worked for um, a recruiting company for a little while. And then I worked for a local company for a little while. And I happened to, it was a Wednesday. Carmine's birthday fell on a Thursday this year. And we were actually on vacation with all of my siblings, who I haven't really been close to in the last few years because of stupid family drama stupid at the end of the day it's just ridiculous family drama mm-hmm. and my dad passed away in february of last year and he it kind of just shifted everything so i kept working thinking okay well i'll just work for somebody else for a little while while trying to do this on the side and it was the wednesday before carmen's birthday and we were on vacation And I woke up that day and I go, Justin, I'm going to quit my job when we get back and put in my two weeks notice. And Justin goes, okay, that's fine. And I was like, what? That's fine. That's (laughs) fine. Like, yeah, totally fine. He was like, well, we'll figure it out. The next day I got let go on Carmine's second birthday. Fascinating. So I was just the universe. Yep. I told the universe what I wanted. The universe gave it to me. And let me go saying that I just wasn't a good fit for them. And I was like, perfect. Now I can at least build while collecting some unemployment. It was, it's minimal, but it was something to help us along. Four weeks later, Justin loses his job. It's almost like the universe said to us, 
hello, you two, you need to, you're meant for more than this. Mm-hmm. Justin was having a lot of problems with his job too. He paints cars for a living. So he was around chemicals all day long. I was starting to stress it because my dad had passed away from cancer, from smoking for probably 50 years plus. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, the chemicals, you need to get out of the chemicals. And when I went for my, I also do a lot of Reiki healing. Mm-hmm. So when I went for my Reiki session shortly after that, she goes, you guys put this in the universe. And at the time I was like, no, we didn't. Who wants to lose their job? Who wants? What to, like, the fuck are you talking out? about? Yeah. What? And I remember leaving that night and I got home and I was like, Justin, she said that we did this to ourselves. And he was like, what? And now I'm like, we did do this to ourselves. We've been talking about wanting to start our own thing for three plus years. Right. So here we are. And I think it's just now it's, we've dipped into our savings accounts to make sure that Carmine doesn't feel any impact. Um, Justin's back to work part-time, but we're lucky because his part-time job is 50 minutes closer than he was driving. So he's only driving 10 minutes. Everything just kind of works out when you put it out into the universe. Mm. Something I'm noticing in your ability to share the story, I think, you know, because you and I have done some work in that is this ability to trust the process and continuously refine it through your values. And like you said, it sounds like that ability to step into the choice of like, what do we actually want for our lives? Right. And is that working these jobs or is it creating something different? And you and I have talked about this, especially in Project Linus, where we will get these feedback loops. And it sounds like in the beginning part of your healing journey and your transformation journey 10 years ago, it was like, I got to listen to my physiology, right? Yeah. I've got to, I've got to listen to this. Otherwise I don't really have an alternative. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. even know what the longevity is with Lyme disease, but I don't think it's really that long. And if it is, the quality of life is shitty. So number yeah, the one, the ab- totally shitty. Yeah. And I, I know people who are still struggling with it. So if you guys, I don't know, Nicole, if you're open to this, but if you are struggling or know people who are struggling, um, I'll put Nicole's information in the show notes yeah. so you can reach out to her because she also has her own company and business that she's building to support people. But that'll come at the end. But what I'm hearing is, one, listening to the feedback loops of your body and then eventually listening to your psyche and your social situation, i.e. your job. And I think instead of, I think an old model and an old paradigm would be, oh, I keep you know, this job thing keeps happening. Like what's wrong with me? That can be an old model versus like, huh, how, how can I see this and perceive this differently is actually a wake up call to do something different. So then I'd love to hear how you've built up that resilience and that mental fortitude, whether it's with Project Lioness or not, but what's allowed you to like sink more into that trust in that process versus like, oh shit, I'm freaking out. I have to maybe go into savings, which by the way, you guys, uh, smart, smart little business thing that she pointed here, like learn to value yourself enough to build up some level of savings so that when sometimes you need it, you have a standard for yourself. That's totally okay. I teach my clients that. Um, but what's helped you, Nicole, build build that mental resiliency when life can sometimes feel chaotic i think the biggest thing is i was going to therapy and it wasn't working and i knew i needed to shift something and i didn't know in that exact moment what it was but i knew therapy wasn't it and when i came across i mean we had met each other randomly through dr staff yeah yeah honestly Paul, you came to do breath work while I was coaching, doing business coaching with her and you did the Zoom call and then I followed you and then I saw Project Linus and it just resonated with me. It was just like, oh, well, I'm spending X on therapy. If I multiply that, I get out, I, I come out the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I didn't really realize this, but Justin did because he's like our financial guy in our house. I am not. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And he's like, does it financially make sense? That's good. We need both, right? (laughs) Yeah. I need the balance. And I know that. So he, he was like, well, we're spending this much money on therapy. What is it? If this is what you want to try, try it. And I think that that's when I saw the biggest shift. And then the more I dug into like the Reiki healing, 
mm-hmm. and the breath work and like being open to my spiritual side. Like I remember coming home one day and saying to Justin, I have to tell you something and I don't want you to think I'm crazy, but there's something inside of me and I don't know what it is, but like I can predict something's going to happen. And he kind of just stared at me <laughs> and he was like, like which can tell what's going to happen. And I was like, no, not like, not like that. And he was like, well, explain more. And it just so happens that I haven't completely honed in on it yet, but normally I know something is going to happen before it happens. Mm -hmm. And I just get a sense and I can't tell you what it'll be. And then that was when we decided I probably needed to work on Project Lioness and do more Reiki therapy because I had to figure, I have to figure it out. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Just to like pinpoint what you're saying and then I'll, then I won't interrupt you. Um, This is a powerful journey, but you know, the difference I think that I've noticed in people is therapy can serve to a point, but eventually, and I remember this was one of the initial conversations I had with you. And again, this is nothing against therapists. Like I'm going to have certain types of therapists on the, on this podcast. Um, And what Nicole and I connected on initially, I was like, you know, if we keep talking about cerebrally the same challenges and the same problems, but we don't make any progress, we can be remyelinating the same stories and the same patterns. And that's not to say, again, this is nothing against therapy. I think it can serve to a point. It helped Ben and I for a temporary time. And there eventually becomes a point where like you're complete with rewind, like talking about the pain. And there was this shift in you. I was noticing of like a desire to move towards something towards your gift. Sir, you still had stuff to work through, but it's the shift of like, I don't really have problems to talk about. I actually want to pursue my purpose and these gifts. And like, I've seen you and heard your gifts come through more and more. And so I just want to speak to that for those of you listeners who are like, oh, what does she mean about therapy? It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. It can serve. And just know sometimes if you keep talking about, again, cerebrally, you're going to rewire these neurons versus getting into like the somatics and learning how to look at things differently yourself. Right. So I'm just, I'm grateful that you mentioned that. Um, And by the way, this is not necessarily like we're plugging Project Linus, but also Nicole is a graduate and she agreed to like share her story and her transformation. Um, So I'm grateful that you're open to do that. But since then, like what, what has been different since you're like, all right, I'm going to make this shift from therapy to Project Linus. Like what have you learned? What have you gained? What would be some powerful nuggets of wisdom that you feel called to share that really matter in relation to your life the spiritual side I am definitely more in tuned to what's going on around me and open to trying something differently and processing I I just process differently now and therapy like you said therapy helped to a point for me because I had a lot of traumas that happened that I didn't necessarily think were traumas um for a long time i just thought a trauma was a rape a murder like witnessing a murder those like high high level traumas the big t's right yeah and mine were more of like oh if you tell somebody it was a trauma they may look at you and be like that's not really traumatic Mm -hmm. so i think having to like navigate all that and then learning a different way to cope with it it was able to bring me to where I am now where I can, I mean, losing my father was tough and I can kind of use this as an example. And if you had asked me five years ago, what would happen if my father passed, I would have spiraled. I would have been a complete disaster. He was, he's everything to me. And I literally five years ago, couldn't imagine living life with him without him. And now that, I've lost him. I know that he's on the other side spiritually, which is huge for me because I've processed that grief in such a different way. Mm. Whereas I couldn't have processed it like that five years ago. Yeah. So it's kind of like an example of how it's progressed for me. Yeah. And I know something that, you know, you and I talk about in sessions is like, it's not that you don't love him any less. 
but rather, like you said, an ability to move through grief from a different perspective, not to bypass it, right? Not to emotionally bypass things, but not have it have this grip on you that can sometimes, I think, weigh people down, whether it's someone actually dying. And I know you've lost other family members, but someone actually dying, someone leaving, you know, can trigger all these like abandonment wounds or regret. And so, there's something powerful that you're sharing here that is important for that I really want people to get is like you can choose to have an different experience with your emotional resilience that doesn't have to keep you like you said in this like spiral, you know. It's Did not you like give that- me a thumbs up on your phone. Did you see that? <laughs> Whoa. Did you see that? There was like a little what? thumbs up bubble that showed up on your on your phone. Now, oh, now, now Nicole's really like <laughs> messing with the field. Okay, you guys, if you watch the video on YouTube, there's literally like a little like emoji that popped up. Because <laughs> both my hands are right here. Well, someone's with us. Probably uh, your dad. Probably, probably your dad. What's up, yeah. dad? Thumbs up. <laughs> he supports you. Yeah. Uh, Any Anything else, Nicole, that you, because I'd love to ask too, like, as we transition into your next chapter of your life, what that looks like and what you're building and what's inspiring you about that of serving people. But anything else you feel called to share when it comes to the shifts you've had and the awarenesses and perception changes you've had going through Project Linus, which I know you're going to, you're going to join the cohort too, right? As a, as a graduate. uh, Yes. I loved it that much that I'm joining again. And I'm so excited that it's starting back up. Um, I think it's really just be open to the change and open to seeing something from someone else's perspective and be open-minded, open your heart. I mean, and your soul and your spirit, because it's, I don't, from my journey, you can't just fix one. You have to do the work on everything because it just, for me, like I, and it could have been the type of therapist because now that I've learned more about therapy too, there's so many different types of therapists out there. Right. That it's thing to me. Um, just like when we were in, when I was in Minnesota, I learned about IFS and now I'm like amazed by it, which I didn't know was a thing. So I think for me, the therapy piece, the types of therapists I saw, it was just replaying, like you said, the same thing over and over again, where Project Linus and the work that I do with you uh, monthly is to step back and look at it differently. And what purpose did those things serve me? And where did it, why did it get me here? How did it get me there? And it's not just one size fits all. Well said. And we're all different. Yeah, it's true. There's no one like us in our, in our matter and how we're created. And so everything we do and everything we express is, is truly original. So that's beautiful. So since, since you've graduated and you're, a graduate of the work, what is inspiring you next in life? I know you're, you're building out your business. So anything you want to speak to there of like what's inspiring you and how you intend to serve people? So I really, I want to serve clients who are small businesses to understand how important like processes and procedures I've come across a lot of, and I typically come in contact with a lot of women owned small businesses. So no offense to the guys out there, but I typically, I just, I don't know. It just is what the universe is bringing to me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've spoken to a lot of small businesses owned by women who don't have processes and procedures in place and don't have a full structure. And you don't necessarily need the same structure as corporate America, but you have to have some sort of structure in your business to also help take you out of it. I know a lot of people start businesses because they don't want to go work for corporate America and they want their freedom to live, but they also want their business to grow. So I am, my next venture is to help people who their small businesses by helping them break down blocks spiritually, if that's what they choose to do with me. Um, and to also just get processes and procedures in place. I'm such a stickler for them. It's, kind of funny now that I look at it I'm like when I was in corporate America I was like buy the book buy the book buy the book and now I'm like oh but it kind of makes sense that piece of corporate makes sense to me yeah I'm grateful that you said that because you know even though there was a lot of maybe turmoil within that chapter of your life you've also gained some wisdom that I think 
really supports your clients and people. And I'm, I'm curious, my question is, why do you think women in particular are so averse to the structure? And so, because I love that you have both the spiritual part and the strategy part. I know that's something you and I have been talking about and jamming on. And that's like, to me, it's it's very attractive. It's a beautiful blend because you need both. You need to operate in that dichotomy of life, right? If you have too much freedom and no discipline, shit gets chaotic. And if you have too much structure and too much contained and not enough flexibility and adaptability, that's its own version of breakdown. So my question to you and your experience is why do you think women in particular are so averse to that? I feel like it's something typically from their past. Mm. It typically, there's a root experience that causes all of us to be the way we are. I think that I can use my personal experience. So I know that there were certain expectations of me while I was growing up Mm. and things were expected to be a certain way. I mean, my dad was a stickler for handwriting. How many people actually write things nowadays? (laughs) So it's like, but like, that carried on because if I like jot a note down to this day and it's not neat, I will rip it up and rewrite it. So like we all carry something through. So I feel like a lot of the small businesses, they didn't want to go into a woman as a woman. And I don't want to go into corporate because I don't want a rigid structure. I want the flexibility to live my life the way I want to live it. But then they take their business and they create it and they don't think about the fact that this business needs a structure. Because they're so against structure. They're just like, no, 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 no. It'll be fine. It'll operate. It'll flow. It will eventually it will not flow. Mm-hmm. Eventually something will happen. Or eventually you'll want to pull yourself out of the business and you won't have any structure to hire a team, to train a team, to bring a partner on, to whatever their next step is. They won't be able to step out and have the freedom that they actually desired. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You're definitely like cleaning some wisdom here that I want all entrepreneurs to listen to. And I know you and I are very in in agreement of this. Um, But I think just to hear it from your perspective of going from corporate to building your own gives other people the hope and the possibility for them to be like, you know what? It may be scary. And, you know, at times you may have to dip into other resources, but building with you, someone like you, a coach like you, a consultant like you can be that kind of secret weapon behind the scenes that can allow you to be in flow, can allow you to be in your feminine so that you've got the masculine structure and strategies in place. And something I love that you're building too, like we were talking about, just to reiterate on this is you do have that spiritual sense and blending the two is, is I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Finding someone who is spiritually connected as well as like knows the importance of three-dimensional structures in a business for growth is is key. And in my opinion, I haven't found a lot of people out there like you, Nicole. So this is just, again, my reflection back to you of like someone like you as a guide, as a consultant can be really, really powerful so that however you identify it, male or female, you can really tap into all those parts of you and learn to love them because we cannot get the freedom and flow without the discipline and structure. We cannot have the expansion at times without contracting and going in and really looking at the fine details. So what I'm hearing and what you're saying is all of it can serve, right? Structure can serve. And I 100% agree with what you said too is Oftentimes these things are from these experiences in the past that we're wearing these rose-colored glasses and we're unwilling or haven't been given the opportunity to see and perceive it differently that like, wait, structure doesn't have to be scary. Structure and stability and systems, guys, does not mean perfectionism. It does not mean high expectations. It means you have a standard for how your model operates and you, because you're human, you're going to have some ebbs and flows in that. So I just want to like really highlight, pinpoint everything Nicole is saying in this moment so that those of you, I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this or those of you who are maybe like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over my job. Like what's next? Nicole's that per- perfect person to like really help you make that, that transition and create that bridge for you. So thank you for speaking to that. You're welcome. I feel like it's such an important thing because I wish, like you said, it's hard to find and I w- wish I had more resources when I was getting ready to say goodbye to my nine to five and decided to venture out on my own. Yeah. We all need a Nicole. 
<laughs> and the truth, and I know you and I talked about this, but the truth is like, as we learn to mend and love and, and heal, become whole, those parts of us that we denied, or we are afraid to address when we learn to love those experiences, those sort of experiences, oftentimes those are the exact people that start to show up because we have seen wholeness in our journey. We have loved those parts. We have mended those parts. And now it's time to give back and to serve and to tap into our altruistic side of like, you know what? I know what you're going through and I want to support you. And here's how you can do it because I've been there. Not because I read it in a textbook, not because I took a business course, because you live the damn thing, right? You live the damn thing. <laughs> and it keeps showing up. Like there's so many things that I've done over the last, just the last two days that things have shown up. And I'm like, yep, that was, and I don't ever second guess it. I just know that that was what was meant to be. And it's, wow. Like the number, this is the year of eight. I went to a uh, healing circle on Sunday night. There was eight of us there. Oh, of course. I went to a new yoga class. There was eight of us there. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going with it because it feels right and it feels good and I don't have to overthink it anymore. Yeah. I think eight is, if you follow numerology, isn't it also like financial financial wealth yeah. or financial expansion? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, and that, again, that's something I also love about you is like you can get down to systems and procedures and talk business and then you can also be like, yeah, and yoga and spirituality and, <laughs> you know, it's it's the full range of the human experience that is to me like lioness energy and why this podcast exists where we don't have to hang out on one side. We can, we can explore the range because that is truly what it means to be human is we have a spiritual side and then we also have to sometimes get down to business, not have to, but choose to, right? Choose to, to create the life that we want. So thank yeah. you for expressing your wisdom and sharing with us, you know, what, what it's been like to go from, feeling like your health is in shambles to now creating your own destiny. And as you beautifully said, things happen for us, not against us. So beautifully said. Is there anything else, Nicole, that you feel like you want to share that's on your heart, that's on your mind, that's that's in your field that you would want the listeners to know as we wrap up our episode for today? I think if you're doubting yourself, just go for it. You don't have much to lose and you only have one life to live. We're not here forever or indefinitely. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, I use my, I keep speaking about my father, but we did not, he passed very quickly and we did not expect it. And it's life, unfortunately. And if you don't go out and chase your dreams, somebody else is going to chase them. And then you are going to resent that. And it's worse to resent something than it is to struggle through something to get to what you want. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's easy, but. <laughs> well, challenges are part of life. But it's part of life. Yeah, exactly. But when you can learn to love the challenges, like you said, and have it be in alignment with your mission, that yeah. I agree. I think that can be so much more fulfilling than living in resentment and guilt and shame. And like, I wish I would have, or I regret this, you yeah, know, or I so. have. Beautiful. Where can people find you? at this moment in time, I know this is an expanding endeavor, but if someone were to have questions about working with you or get an understanding of what it is you're building or how to bridge that gap between spirituality and strategy, where would they find you? So I'm working on putting up a website. It will hopefully be up next month. Um, but otherwise my Instagram, they can find me. It's Nicole Murray underscore five, or on, I have a Facebook page, Surgeon Spark. And they can find me there. And I'm happy. I'm happy to talk to anybody who has Lyme disease that's trying to figure it out. I'm happy to talk business, spiritual. I am. I'm an open book. I don't. I feel like I was finally brought to this place to be an open book and to share my story. And thank you for being open and sharing the full bandwidth of your story from your personal health to your family loss to transitioning. I mean, talk about you guys like the whole spectrum today. I just want to say thank you, Nicole, for opening up. I know that, you know, you haven't shared the depth of this and I know the courage it takes to do that, knowing that there's going to be people that you may never meet that listen to this, that I know will get a spark 
no pun intended, of inspiration. So I appreciate you being on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Any any last minute thoughts? No, just go for it. Go, go for, for it, it, baby. Yep. All right, y'all. Well, I will put Nicole's information and bio in the show notes. You've probably seen her tag some things on my social media. She will be joining the next round of Project Linus this year, 2024, depending on when you're listening to this. So applications are now, now open. One of the things to wrap this up that what Nicole and I are speaking to is when you become a graduate of the Project Linus cohort, you get actually get to audit any future cohorts to be in that energy and to be with the new students, which is a, to me, priceless value. And uh, that's at no extra cost. So as a graduate, Nicole's going to be joining and she's going to be sharing her wisdom and, and being with y'all when she can be there on the calls. So thank you for being there, Nicole. Thank you. Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, we hope you gained value in this episode and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Until next time, peace. Thank you for joining the Project Linus podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Linus message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most, as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring.